Hello, and welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that. This is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable, or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear, or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, someone else likes this movie too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. Please keep things clean. We have families who don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about. Not many men know what their life's worth. I do. 70 grand. That's what they took from me. That's what I was gonna get back. Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palilla. Here with me for every podcast will be Mike Kennedy. For this week's episode, we chose the gritty action drama from 1999, Payback. A little history on the movie. The movie was released February 5th, 1999. Uh, it's based on the novel The Hunter, which was released in 1962. Uh, there have been several adaptations of this novel to screenplay, and we'll get into some of those later when we get uh, into some of the facts about this movie. Um, this movie had a great tagline that fit perfectly with it, which was, get ready to root for the bad guy. Because throughout the movie, you love the main character, but he is an awful person at the same time. Yeah, he's he's totally yeah. That's the a good anti-hero way to put it. He's the this. anti-hero. Um, little interesting fact uh, in Australia, the movie had to be released with, and you're gonna might have to correct me, Kennedy. Um, get ready to cheer for the bad guy instead of root for the bad guy, because root for in Australian is slang for um, what's the word we're looking for? Intercourse with, I guess. <laughs> Sexual, sure. There we go. Sexual intercourse. There we go. So it would have sound if that's what it meant. It would have said, "Get ready to have sexual intercourse." Maybe, maybe. (laughs) All right. So uh, we'll go through some of the cast here. The main character, Mel Gibson, plays Porter. Uh, Porter does not have a first name. There is actually some joking reference to him, but there never is a first name given to him. He's just simply Porter. Uh, Maria Bello plays Rosie. This is early in Maria Bello's career. I think it is peak Maria Bello's career because between this and Coyote Ugly, I think that was when she was at her best. Uh, a actress named Deborah Kara Unger played Mrs. Lynn Porter. Um, I don't remember her from anything else, but she plays Porter's wife. Not small part. Small part. Uh, Greg Henry plays Val Resnick, the first antagonist of the movie. Uh, Greg Henry went on to play Mitchum Huntsberger in Gilmore Girls. David Paymer. He, he, I was going to say he was also Grandpa Quill in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, you're right. He played. He played yeah, I forgot he, about he that. Was, 
Peter Quill's grandfather. That's right. right. So I remember I saw that and I was like, why am I, yeah. why am I recognize this guy? And then I was watching the movie again and I go, oh, that's Peter yeah. Quill's grandfather. There you go. I recognize him. Um, next is David Paymer, who plays Arthur Stegman. Um, what I remember him best from is Ocean's 13. He plays the guy from the Five Diamond Club that ends up getting screwed over. He's bad. he's had a bunch of real small roles, yes, but that's I, the one when I saw him, like I know that guy, and that's what, what what I recognize him from. Anything else that you remember from? I randomly watched this like B movie <laughs> recently. It's got uh, Scott Atkins in it. Why do I know that name? Uh, Michael Jai White. Scott Atkins was in Expendables three. He was John Clyde Van Damme's like right hand man. Van Damme's in two, Mel Gibson's two. in three. Yeah, okay, then it was Van Damme's Mel Gibson. Speaking of Mel Gibson. Getting him confused. Um, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> he, but, okay, so the second one. He was in the second one, Van Damme. He was his right-hand man. He always does a gotcha. lot of, like, action stuff. He's in, like, martial arts. Oh, is he in the... And this one's called the... Is he in the new... He's in ki- the um, man is what it's called. Not kickboxer. Um... Bloodsport? Is that the same guy? Okay. No. Okay. Not in the new Bloodsport. He, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure why he's not in more movies. Let's we'll keep an eye out for him. Anyways. But yeah, he was, he yeah he's, a always a, he's always like a, a weenie. It's the best way to put him. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh Next, Bill Duke yep. plays Detective Hicks. Bill Duke from Predator and Commando. One of the worst lines in the history of cinema, which is, I ate greens, but green berets for breakfast, and right now I'm very hungry. That is the green beret. He is, he is the one that yes. gets eaten by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He fed Arnold yes. Schwarzenegger. Uh, next, Lucy Liu, very, very early in her career. Um, this is before Charlie's Angels. This was like her f- um, – while she recorded this, the first season of Ally McBeal came out. But Lucy Liu was young enough that in the opening credits, it actually says Lucy Alexis Liu. Um, she wasn't even known very well then, so it actually used her, her full name. And I found that pretty interesting. She's hot. She is really hot, hot in this movie. She is prime <laughs> in this movie. Um, William Devane plays Carter. He was uh, what I recognize him most from, 24. He plays Secretary of State and eventually President James Heller. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's been in a lot of things, but that's what I, I recognize yeah. the most of him. He's not normally a really No, he's usually a side character. guy, usually ha- a very he's usually a um a very straight mm-hmm. role with like a small he essentially plays the same mm-hmm. character and everything. Um sometimes can have a little bit of comedic humor, but he kind of plays the same thing. Uh next, a guy named John Glover plays one of William Devane's henchmen named Phil. John Glover is from Scrooged. Uh, what's the what's the Bryce, way does she Bryce, put it? Bryce Cummings. Was the his name the West the L.A. Slime Ball. That's what he calls him. That Bill Murray is not a big fan of. That tries to take his job. Uh, yeah. Chris Christopherson plays Bronson, who is the main the the head of the outfit. I believe that's what they call it, the outfit. They call it, they call uh, it the outfit, and I've heard them call it the syndicate. Yeah, it has a couple different names. They kind of bounce around it. 
pretty much uh, the mob is what it is. Yeah, it's it's that their version of the mob or the mob mafia mob, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Blade, that's that's Chris Christopherson to me. Yep. And then James Coburn plays Justin Fairfax. James Coburn has a long career. The only thing I really knew him from was Maverick, which he happened to be in with Mel Gibson. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, anybody I miss in the cast? That's uh, there's a lot of a lot of names in this that kind of pop up. Uh, I mean, the other detectives that Jack Connolly. Yeah, I didn't really recognize him from anything. He's you know I've seen him pop around here and there. Same thing, like just in like small little parts, but nothing really. He's never the like a head. He's never a headliner. Yeah. So. He, he, someone who really doesn't need to be, but he's he's as, in it as much as Bill Duke is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But B- Bill Duke from Commando and Predator. He he had to get a spot. Yeah, he had to get <laughs> he had spotlight to get, out. Kind of just no, you know, get a little spotlight shone on him. All right, uh, we're gonna try. We we had a good suggestion from from uh, a very close follower of ours that suggested we spend a little less time on the plot and a little more time talking about the movie. So uh, we're gonna try different take today so send us your feedback tell us what you think doing it the right way or not but i'm kind of going to break the movie into five different sections um and kind of do run some highlights through it and then mike and i'll go through some of the details and some of our favorite parts from it but um so the the first part of the movie i'm going to say kind of the build up the kind of setup of the movie things that happen to porter or things that he does in the first 15 minutes of the movie he gets bullets removed from his back. He steals money from a homeless guy. He squeezes that homeless guy by the throat. He robs a guy walking down the street um, and takes all he can from him, including buying suits, buying a gun, uh, sorry, buying watches, watches yeah. trading them in to get a gun, and going to a steak dinner and pulling the dining dash, kicking in a door and knocking over his ex-wife, and then finding his wife OD'd on heroin. Thought that was a pretty big, uh, pretty good opening there. Um, that, that leads up into really the the flash up through, well, up to the flashback itself, at least. Exactly. You know, it. Uh, we were talking about this t- a tiny bit before we started this, and how much there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Yeah, that that, that we 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 couldn't go scene by scene with this because it would take us t- longer to go scene by scene talking about the movie than the actual length of the movie itself. Because to describe all the small nuances and little things that they did, which I'm going to say this about this. I was really glad we picked this movie to rewatch. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I forgot how good it is. It's a really good movie, and it's really fun to watch him go through all this stuff as he goes. Because the whole time you're like, yeah, that was a dick move, but I still like him. But I still like him. It's like he has morals. Like I'm trying to describe Porter. Porter is a tough guy. He's a vigilante. But- but he also has a code of ethics. You know, yeah, don't that's a women. good way to put it. Um, all he really wants is his money back in this right. entire movie. Right, that's all and it he, is about money. If, you, and... if they would just give him the money back, nobody would get killed. But he'll he'll kill anybody and do whatever he needs to to get his money back. Right, right, time. right. Now he does have you know a gripe against Val, which let's talk about the flashback for a minute. So um, he walks in on his wife, finds her OD, lays down next to her, and then a pops in his head he has a flashback to i don't know maybe like six months earlier something like that uh 
he and this guy Val. Uh, Val's trying to get back into the the organization, the syndicate, whatever you want to call it. Needs mm-hmm. 130 grand to do it. They want to rob these Chinese guys, so they they set it up, do a head-on collision. They go to split the money afterwards with Val, Porter, and Porter's wife. Turns out Val and Porter's wife have been in cahoots uh, because of Maria Bella, who you'll find out later, even though he's not really involved with her, but that's a whole other situation. Um, And they take the 140 and run. So that kind of sets up the movie on where everything goes from there. You can then understand why he's pissed off. Did you mention that his wife is the one that shot him in the back? That's true. The wife is the one that shot him in the back. Um, Shoots him in the back, yeah. A couple good lines from this. Um, The first quote, and other than the tagline, I think this is probably the other thing that is known for from this movie. It says, uh, this is why I was getting the bullets moving back. Not many men know what their life's worth. 70 grand. That's what they took from me. That's what I was going to get back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a, a pretty nice way they did that. The voiceover part of the movie, uh, we can talk about this later, but it, it's all Mel Gibson the whole way through. But originally it was supposed to be a woman and they weren't going to potentially do it. It, it was very different it, the, um, the way the movie could have gone. But I'm glad, I'm glad they didn't because I, I liked the little bit of – Bell Gibson voiceover. Yeah, the monologue the really made it yeah. nice. It kind of set things up and kind of – it lets you get into his head early on. And I think that's part of the reason you like him is you get that opening sequence of him getting bullets dug out of his back by a dude who's slugging whiskey. And, oh, yeah, and he cleaning, that glass. Yeah, he's he's cleaning – he's using whiskey to clean the materials, and he's pulling the bullets out of his back. You can see the two gunshot wounds. And this place, is, place is filthy. And you find out that – he had money taken from him. Then he's kind of a dick and he does all the shitty stuff. And then you get the flashback and you find out why he got the money taken from. So I, I think they did a really nice job of setting that up. Uh, another good quote. Um, when he goes to find his wife, he can tell she is absolutely just shit face walking down the street. He follows her up to the apartment that she walks into and the door is shut. And as he walks up to the door, he goes old habits die hard. I guess if you don't kick them, they kick you. And then he kicks in the door and hits her in the head. So. <laughs> I, I, I had that written down as, as uh, one of my funny funny scenes, best like funny scenes. In the yeah, movie. I, just enjoy, I just enjoyed that. It's yeah, it's un- it's, on the ground. It's unintentional. It, and he doesn't check on her at all. He just walks straight into the house and looks around to make sure nobody else is there. Then goes back and looks at his wife. Yeah. Uh, the only other quote I have from this is when they find out there's only 140 grand in the case. Val's losing his shit because he thought it was going to be a lot more than that. And he says, always be grateful what, for what you get. Rule number one, Val. And I thought that was a nice way to kind of – it led right into him getting shot. But I thought it was kind of a cool line that they threw in there. So, I, I thought – just I had a couple of things written down here too about that. When they're casing the job, when they yeah. first find out that he needs the 130 grand right there for it. As they're driving around the corner, he's like, do you notice anything about those guys, Val? Yes. They look nasty. Probably all kung fu motherfuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and he's eating Chinese food at the right, same time. Eating Chinese food, <laughs> waving at little kids as they go by. Uh, that is where he goes. No, they weren't wearing seatbelts. And then he goes head on to him and, and fucks him up in the car. Val loses his shit on them too. I don't know what oh, yeah. that was all about. They they fuck up those kung fu motherfuckers. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So that that's section one. Section two. Uh, this is I'm calling. He's on a mission to find Val Resnick. So 
this is he, he just came out of his his flashback to hear the knock on the door the drug dealer so in the, the highlights of this next part he throws a drug dealer against the wall rips out his nose ring hits a bouncer upside the head smash in in a bar top door uh watches a dominatrix beat and then kicks val in the head and knocks him out so uh long and short he finds out from the drug dealer who his supplier is, which is a guy named Arthur Stagman, which is our weenie played by David Pamer goes after he knock, hits the bouncer. He goes in the back, finds the dirty cops back there who end up being a thorn in his side the whole time, um, including Bill Dukes. And I, I thought it, one of I thought it was real funny is he takes Stagman outside and he's talking to him and he's like, you're not going to kill me. Are you? He's like, well, not in front of all these kids, but if I have to, I'll come back when these kids aren't here. Uh, next they show Val at his apartment. And that's where you first see Lucy Lou. There is some weird ass dominatrix shit going on. <laughs> There's some weird dominatrix shit going on there. It's the only way I'll say that. Well, when she, goes in the door to meet Val, immediately it's just like a beat down. Oh, yeah. It's, it takes <laughs> off immediately right away. There is no holding back. And he, he likes – he loves it. She loves it. So I thought that was uh, – <laughs> it was like almost I, – I started laughing because, you know, she's kicking him in the balls and he's – you know, he's roughing her up a little bit too and – it's funny seeing Lucy Liu as that character, but if she you're plays wondering a... who that that punk messenger is, I I saw him when I was watching it. And I go, I know him, I know him, I know him for some reason. He is the main guy character in the movie. Um, his name is Freddy Rodriguez in Planet Terror. Never saw Planet Terror. I've seen that. You know, that's the. Uh, I've that? heard the name, but Tar- I've never Tar- seen Tarantino. It. Yeah, okay. Tarantino movie. And you have... Does he have a nose ring in that, too? Yeah, Josh... I mean, Josh Brolin's in it. Speaking of, you got Marley Shelton, who we talked about last yeah. movie. Yeah, she's She's the... She's, From the Sandlot. Uh, yeah, she's Josh Brolin's wife in this movie. It's, yeah. the, you know... Bruce Willis is in the movie. I knew you talked <laughs> about that movie. That's why. Because we talked about it a lot, or, uh, two weeks ago in the last episode. I think this is how I kind of noticed it, too. I was like, man, I recognize that guy for some yeah. reason. And put two and two together. So, yeah. Uh, so, cuts through. I'll, I'll kind of go through the rest of this. Stegman tells Val that he knows that he talked to Porter. Val doesn't believe it. Starts losing his shit in the, in the restaurant they're in. Uh, Porter is tracking down Rosie because she was in the picture. And she knows he can probably help him out. And that's where he smashes the guy hand, guy's hand in the bar open. I thought that was a smooth move. Oh, it was that was great. The one thing he does, and it, this is one of Mel Gibson's best things, is he has this face he makes. It's like a mix of confusion and confidence that he always makes in everything he says and does, including in this. When he he doesn't flinch, he doesn't raise his voice, he doesn't do anything. He just like the, he throws the money down. The guy kind of gives him some shit, and he reaches just over. I don't even think he even looks. He grabs the thing and just slams it down in his hand. And just says something like, oh, do you remember it now? So, and just grabs the phone and puts it down in uh, front of him uh, and has him start dialing. He, it's, it's amazing the way he carries himself, in, not just in this, but all the other movies he does too. 
as pompous as that bartender is, you would say, oh, he got his hand smashed and he, he took it kind of like a champ. Yeah, he did. He did. He took it like he, a champ. He didn't he scream made, he because made, he, he made a little uh, and yeah. then, but stopped himself. Because <laughs> he knew that he's helping out running this escort service. So if it draws any attention to it, it's going to get him in trouble. So um, last part of this is Val wakes up with Porter staring at him smoking. I just thought that was really weird. He's just kind of there perched watching him sleep with Pearl laying on him, Lucy Lou, and he's just smoking. And then some more weird dominatrix stuff gets up, gets going because he's going to hit her and then she wants to hit him. And then he makes like Val's not allowed to hit back. He has to, he has to have it happen. And he told him he's going to meet up with him next day. So. I really like Lucy Lou in this movie. Oh, she's great. She's great. Not just cause, not just cause she's attractive, but she's like really good comic relief in this movie. Oh yeah. She, she has, incredible timing um and comedic timing and as her character later on when they pull up and she looks at him she goes hubba hubba like that it's all her her comedic timing is really good on this so all right anything else from that section did i miss Um, anything i don't have any other quotes in there no pretty much that whole thing that was known for beating women, pretty much yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They kind of they kind of touched to that. Something that I wanted to mention is when they're in the room, and Lucy Lou's pretty much kicking his ass. Yeah, he he goes to try to hit Lucy, and Porter pulls his gun at him, and he looks at him and he goes, "Let her work." Yeah, his <laughs> <laughs> little line, and then she stamps on him. She's like, "Me love you," and then you know steps on his nuts and goes, "Yeah, Me love you long time." And I have a quote at the very end here. As he's laying there unconscious, she looks at him. She she says, "I got a I got a couple minutes here, you know." Let's yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "She's like, I've got a few minutes." He goes, "So go boil an egg." Yeah, that like, that was what? such a dumb thing. That was like the Dragonheart pudding line. Like it didn't make it didn't it didn't fit there. Yeah, I was I, I, I was going what what, what? yeah <laughs> well. I will say this much. The movie is supposed to take place somewhere in like the 70s or 80s. So maybe that was a big line back then. I don't know. Maybe it was. All right. um, The next section. He's now on a mission to get his money. Highlights from this. Val gets him hit by a car by the Chinese thugs. He steals a cop's badge. He beats up, shoots, and kills Val. He finds a bomb in his apartment. He blows up a car by cutting the gas line and throwing a lit cigarette in it. And I have a, we need to talk about that for a minute. <laughs> um, he beats up two bouncers to go see Carter. He shoots Carter and he frames the dirty cops for killing Val. This is a big section right here. He does a lot. So let's start from the top. He gets hit by a car. Tough guy. And uh, the Chinese are ready to cut his nuts off. They have him on the, on the hood of the car, legs spread in the middle of broad daylight. And the you know the undercover cops come around because they you're, want you're, they want his money. They want that seventy grand. You're you're even missing the beginning part, where when Val go Val goes to Carter. Oh yeah, and asks for money. Him. That's right. Oh, and and Carter says this. Well, he's sitting there first off, and he puts I don't know how much damn freaking petroleum Lip balm on. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing it forever. I was like, geez, man, it's on there. It's on there. He You're puts gonna... on enough that the guy brings him a towel to wipe it off. Like, <laughs> yeah, off his he just... hand. <laughs> he his hands off when he's done. 
It's like, Jesus, holy yeah. cow. And, and then he has this line. It's like the old saying, don't shit where you eat. Yeah. And he, and he says, or live. Yeah. And stop and goes, like pretty much he's like, yeah. okay. He confused himself. Don't he confused himself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, confused himself as to what the line is. <laughs> I was like, no, it's don't shit where you eat. You're right the first yeah. time. But I, and they, like, they, hey. tell him to, they tell him to take care of himself and to get out of the hotel. They're like, you're not going to have protection. you got to take care of the self. If you do it, you might prove that you're worth something. And uh, this is where Phil comes in after he leaves. And he says, go take care of Carter or go take care of Porter because he just assumes that Val's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. So um, you're right. I, mi- I missed that part. Well, as to... There's also that little point. It, you kind of get some different little um, nuggets. T- yeah, tidbits in here. Val calls Pearl, Lucy Lou up. Right. And to get the Chinese to, to do that. Asking them and the shit out some guy who's hanging upside down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Making all this noise. She's like, shut up, I'm working, I'm on the phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it tells him that te- Val, te- I'm screwing my words here. Val tells her, did you tell the guys that Porter's the one that stole their money? So, which tells me that she knows these guys. Right. And Val somehow knew through her that this payroll was coming through. So, it was actually him and Porter that stole him. Stole right. The money right. But he's, got, he's got all the fingers pointing at Porter. He yeah. probably never told her that he's the one that hit it. Yes. So. And uh, that's the one where they, and then you get to the point where they hit him with the freaking car. They hit him with the car. Um, like, they, to, like, they're, they're ready to cut his nuts off, and the cops come around the corner and then tell him, "Well, we want your money. Too. We want that seventy grand, and maybe we'll give you a little bit of it." And uh, that's where he time, steals the badge off him. Yeah, exactly. He swipes the badge, which is a smooth move. So then he goes to. Well, this, he goes to Rosie's. Oh place. no, he goes to Rosie's place. He finds her. You can tell there's there's some serious stuff going on between the two of them. They start making out a little bit. Yeah, little making out, little little about to get down. Porter walks out magically at the same time. Val walks in because Val's been been following he him. Was, yeah, he was tailing Porter. Yeah, so uh, he goes in there. She tells him he's in the back. Turns out it's the dog that's also named Porter. He shoots the dog. Of course, you have to shoot the dog. The dog lives, which is good to know. And as he's about to kill Lucy, Porter walks in and shoots him. Shoots him in the shoulder, then shoots him in the knee. And then there's a great line here. So after he gets all the information out of him, he looks at him and says... Got a light? Uh, uh, No. No. Well, I'm good, are you? Bye bye yes. Val. Bye bye Val. So it kills Val. Then goes to takes her out of there because, as he asks, "Is your name on the leash?" She says, "No." So they they scoot out of there. They run to his apartment. He's he's no one knows him here. Immediately the phone rings, of course. Immediately. And, before, and yeah, nobody immediate. knows him here. Right. No, right? Phone <laughs> rings. So as he uh, checks out the. Um, he, he manages to look behind the phone to notice that there's something under a, a second wire attached to it. He was he was suspicious, so he was checking a little bit more than you would normally. Right, because he said no one knew that number, and somehow they already they already had a line to it. So, um, 
And this, something to point out, the car phone. You notice that car phone. It looked like a standard telephone just happened to be in the car. That was like primitive, primitive car phones. It wasn't even cordless. It was a corded car phone. I actually had one of the, I didn't have, I mean, my parents had one growing up. It was like in a bag. I remember that unzipped. It yeah, like, the bag. Had, it, and you couldn't, you, we, it plugged it, it had to be plugged in the whole time. Right, so into we, the, the cigarette lighter. And you couldn't use it everywhere. <laughs> you had to have service. Like now you have service everywhere, pretty much. Now you would be driving on the road. Oh, we, you have to find a oh, stop here and you can't drive any further because we've got service right now. Yes, <laughs> yes. I remember we had a, a little nine inch TV. I didn't even think it was nine inch. It might have been a six inch TV that had an antenna, and you could plug it into the car charger. I'm sorry, not the car charger, the cigarette lighter, and we could try to watch TV like when we went to the beach. It didn't work very well. It would cut in and out because as soon as you went from one antenna service to the other, you had to try and find another station. Yeah. It was it never worked. We thought it'd be so cool. And I we, think we, we made we made it like one mile down the road. Well, that and. You had to pay like per minute, I think, or something. I don't even yeah. know what the cost was back yeah. then. Again, so but, that that's if we looked that up, um, what would be that time frame? Let's see, when was the car phone popular? That sounds about right. I feel as though I had cell phones when I was in, you know, when we were in high school, two thousand, right around the same time we had, but they were very primitive cell phones. So you figure this movie came out in 99. This could take place in mid 90s. No, I, that's, I think it's supposed to take place in the 80s because. I don't even know what uh, city it is or anything. I was like, thinking okay, about so that those night. are those are some things. They filmed it in Chicago and okay. LA, but they never actually reference a city. That makes but, like, sense. But you can see the stuff. L train and stuff. So that, that's Chicago. <laughs> I legit thought of that because i was watching fugitive the other day and he's like the l train yeah that the l train runs sounds like yeah Uh, yeah. and um i'm looking here like just the wikipedia page on cell phones or car phones mid 80s early 80s so that sounds about right somewhere in that range so we have so but like what we said we have the cell phone He's he's peeking out the window. He sees the goons. Yeah. The car. And then all, and all this. Somebody, see, somebody does know that I'm here, apparently. Yeah. And he, you see him cut the gas line. Mm-hmm. But how do they not see him approach the car at he's all? He's a sneaky son he's of a, a bitch. Sneaky son of a bitch. And then it, it goes to he's standing behind them smoking. And they're like, oh, shit, he's behind us. And sure enough, he takes that lit cigarette. And throws it right into the gasoline. Yeah, and he has this classic slow mo toss to light the f- to light the fuel to blow up the car. He just has that little shitting grin on his face, just looking at those guys. I mean, I got you, bitches. Yeah. Now, this was a very big '90s thing. The throwing the cigarette. I mean, they did it in uh, Con Air. That's the most famous one out of it. But I feel like this is something that was done in several movies in the '90s especially some of these gritty kind of movies. I think they did this one on Mythbusters. And if you throw a cigarette into gasoline, because it's liquid gasoline, it just puts it out and soaks the cigarette. I don't think it actually works. Like if you try to light gasoline with a cigarette, it does nothing. I 
I didn't see that Mythbusters, but I'm gonna pretend it'll land on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a it's a movie, let it go kind of thing. So, um, but again, very very nineties. So after that, he goes directly to see Carter. This bothered me a little bit because he walks in, and as he walks in the room. He reveals that he has a roll of quarters in his hand, but he punches one of the bouncers, and it is the worst-looking punch they could have come up with. He, like, half falls over, and it looks – it's very bad, and then he turns and punches the other guy, who, by the way, was in CSI, the other guy. He was was in several – many episodes of CSI. Turns and punches him, and you can tell he doesn't make any contact with him. I don't know if they did that one cut and they just ran away with it and said, ah, forget about it, but that bothered me a little bit. And Carter does not flinch at all. Nope. Never nice flinches. Nice job. Two of my yeah. best guys, man. Yeah. yeah. Not like, oh, what the, f-? you know. Not, not, <laughs> not, not saying, oh, shit, he just yeah. took out two of my oh, best shit. guys and now yeah. I'm here with him by myself. Yeah. And he's got a gun, apparently. Yeah, so um, <laughs> they call Chris, Chris, they, they, he tells him he wants his money. He says, I, I'm not liberty to do that. He says, well, who's the ones that can do that? And he said, well, Fairfax and Bronson, I think. And so Fairfax is James Coburn, and Bronson is Chris Christopherson. So they call Bronson, and long and short, he says, I want my money. How much is he worth to you? He says, uh, you know, you're not going to do anything about it. And he just shoots him. Kills him right on the spot. Th- that that scene right there pretty much just sums up the movie. Sums up the movie. Like, if, uh, if you just stopped and you, they're like, "What's this movie about? My money or not?" Yeah. No. Bang. Bang. Being like, just I like want my no- movie. I'll do whatever it takes to get my money. Yeah, I'm not gonna mess around. I'm not gonna dick around. We're not gonna play games. Just money or no. All right, fine. I'll kill this guy then. There is a key part in here too. You hear his son, um, Chris Christopherson's, sorry, Bronson's son, walk in. And, oh, it's my birthday. Oh, I got you a car. And he says, we're going to the fight. So that's how that leads into the next part, which is the fourth act, we'll call it, I guess. Highlights of the of the next. Well, first off, did I miss anything from what we just talked about? There is one quote I want to go through. Uh, when Porter steals the badge. He says a line and says, I could have said if I, I if I could have been a little dumber, I could have joined the force myself. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Implying that they're dirty, too. And you have to be dumb to be a cop. Exactly. But all right. So next part, the highlights, the kidnaps Bronson's son. Well, I was uh, going to say that with with that, um, you're right that he hears he's going to the fight. He got right. this new. He got this new car, super new convertible for his birthday. Lamborghini, I think he says. I Later, they, they reference I, it. I, I know it's convertible because he's like, it's a convertible, man. Yeah, they oh, say God. it when he goes to see Fairfax because he reads the keychain. And he's like, oh, Lamborghini. Let me re- I got a nice keychain. Want me to read the insignia? Or read, read the inscription? But um, I, so- I think before all this, too, we this is where we find out the cops are tailing him. And he's decided that. I need to get these cops off of me. Cause when he goes in to see, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the part. I missed the part where he frames them. 
Yeah, well, I missed that he, part. He hands, he hands the uh, the white cop the the gun, the gun. Um, right. And then he, when he hands it back, he takes it inside his newspaper, so his fingerprints right. aren't on it. And then that's where, after the scene to get rid of him, he goes back to Val's body. Right. Puts, puts the, the gun and the badge. I'm sorry, badge I missed that part. So that the when the cops find it, they'll go. Yeah. And, and Stegman's in the back seat mm-hmm. of the car. He says, "Now your cut's even less." Yeah. Stegman's <laughs> being a little his little. Weasel little weasel. Himself. Yeah. Being a weenie as he is. So thank you. I had that marked down and I, I, I bounced past it. So, all right. So they go to the fight. They kidnap Bronson's son. They mm-hmm. go to see Fairfax and ask for his money. He gets a gun pulled on him by Stegman. He smashes Stegman's head into the glass. Um, he gets shot at by the Chinese thugs. He gets dragged by the car of the Chinese thugs. He shoots up the car with the Chinese thugs. And then gets kidnapped by Bronson's goons. So that's all the next stuff. Um, they did a pretty smooth move at the fight. They know it's Johnny's birthday. So he gets a little, he gets the banner to say, happy birthday, Johnny. So Johnny stands up and starts pointing himself so he can figure out who it is. Because he has no idea what he looks like. So I thought that was a real, that was a, that was a nice move there. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I noticed the happy birthday, Johnny, but I didn't think, oh, that they did. I thought maybe his dad called it and got it done no, or that's why he did it. it done. He did that in order to point out who, so he could find out who he is. Cause he didn't know what he looked like. Exactly. I saw he him. Had no he, idea. he was, he was looking through the, I got you now. Yep. Yeah. So, um, the next part is when he goes to Fairfax, this is a pure, just comic relief section right here. Um, this is where he's got the goons holding the bags up. And they call Bronson and says... I love that part, by the way, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. And the, the best part... Well, he, he calls Bronson and says, you know, I got your cut, your kid kidnapped. He says, you're never going to see any of the money. They yell back and forth. But um, Fairfax goes to him. You know, he shoots him. Or he, shoot, he makes the guys hold the bags up. He shoots the bag. And Fairfax loses his mind. He's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, other than shooting through my alligator suitcase and a couple of my suits. That's just me, then, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it, it, Fairfax never flinches the whole time. Even when the gun goes off, he doesn't really – he's not mad he got shot at. He's mad his luggage got shot. I also love the part where they're, as they're holding up the bags, like, you two are fired. So why would they keep holding the bags up if they're, if they're already fired? But, but like, uh, I think they're worried about being shot. Is the main I, that's true. That's true. But as he goes to walk away, he's like, I'll, I'll pay, you know, I, I don't know why you're doing this over $140,000. And he's like, again, it's 70000 There's a great line. He goes, only 70000 Hell, my suit costs more than that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, a funny part. Um, next thing is uh, internal affairs gets the cops. That's the last thing you see, essentially, before they, they move on to the next part. You know, they, they find the gun, they find the badge, and now those cops are off his butt. And uh, Stegman's dead because the car got shot up by the Chinese. Oh, I skipped that part. I'm you sorry. Skipped that whole. Um, I skipped part. the whole part. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm staring at was, one part. Okay, I was so, about to say. I was. Gonna say, yeah. I was gonna say, let's hmm. let's go back here. Um, so he gets the gun pulled on him by Stegman. Stegman's like, "Oh, I'm going to turn you in. I'm going to get yeah. medical and dental and all that stuff." And he pulls the gun right off him and starts slamming his head off the off the it, middle of the of the cab. And this is where and, like, his bodyguard like pulls the shotgun out. And points bodyguard pulls the shotgun to... out and then the up pulls the Chinese out. thugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm calling them Chinese. I'm, that might be 
racially inappropriate to me, but that's, I think that's what they are. Um, Cause I think it's supposed to be Chinatown they go to, but so the car gets, they, the car gets shot up the cab he's in and not to go after, not to go back to Mythbusters here, but they did a, a thing on Mythbusters of if you hold a body up and use it as a human shield and then shoot. Now he doesn't shoot, but he holds Stegman's body up to be the, to absorb all the bullets. The bullets go right through you, go right through the person. It really depends on the type of gun too. That's true. And also there is going through the car the door first and, and then the body. So that might be, well, I mean, not his, not his back though. Cause the windows there, you think after the first few shots, the windows can be shattered. And that's true. That's true. But, um, so he sneaks behind the car again. That's kind of his patent move and pulls the guns up and he holds them at a weird angle. I get why he's doing that. Like elbows high. Wants, <laughs> yeah. Elbows high. Cause he wants to get through the glass and he picks out the two people in the back seat. Now Lucy Lou's in the middle. Um, oh, this is also where Lucy Lou's line of the hubba hubba comes in. Because they pull up, she looks in the car and says that before they pull the guns. Mm-hmm. But um, so they, the driver decides to put it in reverse, kind of runs him over, runs him into some boxes, and they don't know where he went. And now he's got the guns again at a weird angle, but he's got to get wide. He starts shooting through the floor. It's kind of hard, too, because he's underneath a car. So you right. can't really expect him. The, the back scene, I could see the guns being held at a weird angle. But under, under I mean, I, I could see why underneath the car they're at a weird angle. I can see why he did it at both, I guess. But, yeah, he could have gone straight arm and still probably shot where he wanted in the back. It is kind um, of funny when he's shooting to the car, though. You just get, like, one bullet between the legs of the one guy. <laughs> and then oh, the so other dude just, gets lit up. And then, well, then he just lights up both, pretty much has to light up both guys. Yeah, and the the passenger seat gets killed. The driver's seat, he rolls out underneath and shoots him because he steps out of the car and he shoots and kills him. Stands up. Funny little exchange here. Lucy Liu pulls her gun on him, slowly pulls it up to his head, pulls the trigger, empty. He slowly pulls his gun up, pulls the trigger, empty. Then you see Lucy Liu get knocked out, and that's unfortunately oh, I- the end of seeing her. Because I, I, I really, he gets knocked out, and yeah, they, I, Bronson's guards take him. I really enjoy that because he gets knocked out, and she's like, "Hey, fat boy!" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he knocks her out and kind of looks, 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 looks over her. She's like, "Yeah, I'm talking to you," and he just walks over and just decks her in the face like so hard. Then yeah. grabs like the sides of his like belly <laughs> and be like, "Am I fat? What's going yeah. on here?" <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that then that's where internal affairs gets. Uh, I think that's where internal affairs shows up and talks to the cops. And it's, it's all right. It might have been. I think it's right before this. Scene, yeah, okay, it's right before. Oh, uh, you know yeah. what? I think you're right. Yeah, the cops get arrested and then um, Stegman follows them when he sees. The yeah, because the cops arrested. are sitting outside watching him at Fairfax's place. Stegman and the cops are both yeah. there, and then yeah. Stegman's trailing him. So I'm sorry, you're mm-hmm. right. Okay, so um, last part. I'm sorry. Yeah, the last part, the end of the movie. The highlights. Fairfax dudes beat the shit out of him. He gets his toe smashed in a yep. very hilariously graphics part um, with some of the best lines of the movie in there. Um, he gets tied up and thrown in the back of the car. And then he manages to get loose, break through the back seat, make a call from our previously discussed car phone, and blow up the apartment with everybody in it. Then drive the car and get out of town. Pick up Rosie and leave. Pick up Rosie. So he's so so if we go that pretty much, you know That's the rest of the movie, pretty rest much. Rest of the movie 
So, we, you know, we go back to where it starts. They've kidnapped him, so he's tied up. Fairfax is trying to get him to talk. He's getting beat up. And Bronson rolls, rolls up. Yeah. He's like, all right, too late now. I can't do anything for you, yeah. pretty much. He and, says, uh, well, do you want to deliver the line? <laughs> well, I'm not sure what line you're going to talk about. I was I was talking about where he he pulls out the hammer and he's getting ready to. Smash oh no! His there's toe. a line before. There's a line before this. What, what, what's, your, what's your line? You go first. He walks in. He, he looks at him. He goes, "Tell me where John is, and I'll finish you quick. I promise you won't find out what your left ball t- tastes like." Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes. Then the next part, he goes, "If there's so much of a scratch on him, I'll make this last three weeks." I'll give you a fucking blood transfusion if I have to to keep you alive. <laughs> well, very it's, it's, brutal, very graphic, but very funny because Christopherson has a, such a great delivery to it. Well, it's just he plays always a very tough role most of the time right, in the movies. Right. He's in. Well, he's and like a, so he's a country he's like singer a, and a comedian too yeah. on the side. Like he has this whole other career, but he's a he's a good actor. Yes. Well, the thing I was going to add about with that scene is that uh, I think it's interesting how he says you won't find out what your left ball tastes like. But he doesn't say anything about the right, which means yeah. it's right not still. <laughs> that, that's he leaves one, and maybe he just decides to, to take the other one, shove it in his mouth, and, and leave one for but, for good no, keeping. But you know, knowing Porter, he's kind of no, I'm not going to tell you anything. So they pull a hammer out and they decide we're going to smash your toes. And this is another one of those great lines where he goes. This little piggy went to the market. Yeah. Mel, Mel Gibson Porter says, "This little yes. piggy goes to the market." Boom, smashes smashes his toe. Yes. Keeps refusing to do it. Yeah, and, and I, I don't. Looks at him and goes, and "This little piggy stayed home." Yeah. Smash. Yeah. And then he then he gives it up. He gives it up. I don't yeah. understand. Well, this... then you get the line from Bronson saying, "Starting to look like roast beef." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very Chris Christopher in delivery too. <laughs> yep. Um, here's my question: If he already was going to lead them to that exact location, and this is all part of his plan, why not avoid at least getting your toe smashed? I'm like I'm he's like, already been beat up. I, I, I said maybe to drag it out, and make it seem like he's desperate to get them to go. But I feel like you could. He could have stopped. 90 seconds earlier and had 10 functioning toes, but that's just me. I I'm, I'm, was wondering if I was kind of wondering the same thing because whether because he goes, I don't trust you after this even, so he's bringing him along with him. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't know what he's getting himself into. Right. You know, and Mel Gibson's over here I think he's just trying to make it look really real. Yeah, and maybe that's it. He's trying to look like trying he's to tortured sell, to get. Really, you know, he really has to really sell it, but especially so. now because he's pretty much. If he doesn't sell it, he's going to die. Yeah. So, um, I found it interesting that they had a little off that Fairfax and Bronson would have gone up the steps. I don't I know agree. if if in reality Fairfax would have gone up there too. It would have been Bronson and the goons, and Fairfax would have sat in the car. But, you know, got to let it do its thing. But so he bite, he gets out of the ropes, rips through the back seat, which he looks when he does it. He reminds me a little bit of Ace Ventura when nature oh calls. Oh, my when... gosh, I have that. <laughs> that I shit you not. Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. 
I, I wrote down first. It was like it looked like a it looks like some sort of you know like something giving birth and then yeah the rhino birth from Ace Ventura pet detective. I was like no, Ace Ventura when nature nature calls. calls. That's <laughs> funny, but um, so he calls he calls the phone and when Christofferson picks up the phone, he says, "You were right not to trust me." And that bomb from the, that was under the bed, which his own people, well, really Carter's people, I guess, put there blows him up they need a, they need better communication he would have known that it was there i think the but, problem is though is that he killed all these people like i i don't know maybe phil who carter sent to kill porter died before real maybe he died before he even went to go see carter you know he I died can before tell he you. To you what i'm saying he died before he went to go no see he carter. did yeah but he carter, died before he went and saw carter but, did Carter know that Phil died yet? That's what I'm Probably saying. Probably not. Probably and not. He went. He killed Carter. So now Bronson doesn't know because he didn't even say. Because there's that exchange between Phil and Carter where he's like, "Do you want a souvenir? Do you want pictures?" Polaroid. He's like, "No, nah, none of that." So he doesn't really know how he's going to kill him. He knows that he's going to try to kill him though. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have so Carter didn't even know <laughs> how Phil was going to plan on killing him. Yeah. Um, they also wasn't even alerted of this guy yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do a good job of making you think that they're going into the apartment where Rosie is, though. They do a nice job of bouncing back and forth, thinking yes. that he that's where he's going to. Um, even though you, you you're like, you know, that they he can't be. Yeah. You're like, this can't be. You're like, you know, he knows he's got this figured out, but I don't know what's going to happen because it looks like he's trying to run to get to the phone to call her. To tell her to get out of there. Exactly. They, so they did a really nice job of lining that up, um, the misdirection, which has been done in a lot of movies, but they did a they did a good job with it there. He gets the car, and they leave Johnny handcuffed to the radiator, which I think is kind of funny. You bitch, get back here, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, my other one of my other favorite lines is, she gets in the car, she looks at him, she goes. Oh my God! What happened to you? He just like rolls his head, looks at me, goes, "I got hammered." <laughs> I got that down too, yeah. And the oh. ending tagline: um, "We were going for breakfast in Canada. We made a deal. If she'd stop hooking, I'd stop shooting people. We were aiming high." Yeah, he's like, "Maybe we were aiming high." Yeah, maybe we were aiming high. So, uh, anything else from that section that I missed? Any any other anecdotes? I mean. Other than you know, everyone's dead pretty much. Now. Everyone's dead. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's dead. dead except for your antihero and the and dog his, porter. It's his, the dog porter and the and the girl. escort girlfriend. So. girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Johnny. Johnny made it. Johnny made it. If he like, doesn't die of starvation not, first. Not worried that Johnny's going to be like the revenge business. You know, he could always be. Mm, could be. He he could rebuild the organization from the bottom up. But, Johnny seems uh, kind of like a little bitch, though. He, he seems like a little bitch, yeah. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> uh, all right, thoughts on the movie. One, like I said, I'm really glad I rewatched this movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and I forgot how good this movie really is. Um, it's got a fantastic tagline, as I said. Uh, Mel Gibson had a run of getting beat up and tortured in movies, and South Park made fun of it perfectly in, in the Imagination Land episode. And this movie was right in the in the middle of that. It was like Braveheart, this, uh, Lethal Weapon, 
Like he just always was just beat to shit every single time, and he loved every second of it. It's a, just classic Gibson, just pure Mel take, Gibson. Take taking, taking beatings. Yeah. Uh, this another... is kind of you know when it comes to Mel Gibson, this is kind of before he went off the rock. Right before he went off. Yeah, the this rock. is right before he went off the rocker because he did this, then and a couple Patriot. years later he did Passion of the yeah and Patriot. And then a couple of years later, he did Passion of the Christ, and then that's where he went completely off the rails. And now he's made a comeback, um, directed Hacksaw Ridge, which I don't know if you've seen that. That's an incredibly good movie. Actually, I have not seen Hacksaw oh, Ridge. To add that, add that to the list immediately. That is a great movie. I have a um, really long list of movies to see. <laughs> like I said, and we've talked about this before. Certain movies, I just have to be in the mood. To yeah, watch. you do. And Hacksaw Ridge is a movie you need to be in the mood for. It's probably two and a half hours long, and it's it's heavy. So, Vince Vaughn plays a very straight, uh, angry drill sergeant, and you ca- you keep waiting for him to crack a joke, and he does not. He is straight as an arrow and mean as fuck, and it's he's really good. He's really good. You don't realize how good of an actor he is till you see that. All right. Uh, two other notes I had. One, lots of smoking in this movie. Oh, yeah. A lot of Mel Gibson smoking. This is this is ninety nine. Smoking was still cool and okay before really you know people really turned away from it. And it's supposed to take place in the eighties when smoking was encouraged or seventies or eighties. And lastly, as I said, this is Maria Bello at peak Maria Bello. This and Coyote Ugly. After that, she did um, a history of violence, and then she kind of. To me, it kind of fell off, but no, yeah, she that's that's pretty much all I can remember her from is Coyote Ugly. Yeah, that's what everybody remembers her from, pretty much. Uh, anything else? Uh, thoughts on the movie before we go through the rest? It, I admittedly, just overall, I think it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, pretty solid movie the whole way through. A lot of good parts like we said before there's a lot of tit- little small tidbits that you need to catch and watch that uh to make you understand if you came into the movie 30 minutes in you could be a little bit lost yeah if you came into the movie 30 minutes in like th- if this movie's on cable and you haven't seen it in a long time and you caught it halfway through you'd be pretty confused because of, if you saw the parts that I always remembered from this movie are from the time he goes to see Fairfax on, which is like the end of the movie. And I, I always thought that Fairfax and Bronson were the bad guys, but really Val is the bad guy. Yeah. They're just kind of, they don't want to give up their money. Yeah. So it's um, really Val's the bad guy. And I, I kind of forgot all that. So as I said, I'm really glad I watched it all from the beginning. All right. Um, best scene. My favorite is when he goes to see Stegman. I think it's kind of funny. I like the way he just jars at him, says, I'm not going to kill you in front of the kids, but I'll do it later when they're not here kind of thing. I don't know why. That, that's my favorite one. I do like that scene. For some reason for me, I I really enjoyed the scenes with Lucy Liu in them. <laughs> she is really, really good in this. I, I said, I, you, you, don't need to, you don't need to make an excuse for it. She's really good in this. It's the, it's the comic stuff that she kind of does. It, I just I had a little smile on my face every single time. She, it was her turn 
to shed a little limelight. It is a little bit weird seeing her in that role, which also adds like a small amplifier of comedy to it. Like she just kind of looks out of her element. So yeah, I, I, I would say probably my favorite scene with her is probably the one where he calls her and the guy's hanging upside down. Yeah, because she's really ridiculous. Yeah, and just like hitting him over and over and yeah. over again to get him to shut up. Yeah. So, all right. Um, worst scene. Mine is the one with his wife. Uh, I don't know. It just seems a little weird. It seems a, a little, little off. Little, yeah. And actually, I, I read there was more to the scene, and he kind of beats her up, but they pulled it. They thought it wouldn't do well in theaters, and I think that was the right move. They that definitely is the right move because yeah. you know he kind of plays the. I don't beat women no matter what. Right. Like he gets mad at Val for roughing up Maria Bello before and, and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of, they kind of hinted that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so what's your, I, pick? I like that. I'm actually agree with you on this one that I just did. It's a, it's a little bit of a weird melody dropped in the middle. He doesn't really, I, I, what I'm trying to, what the weird thing for me is, is that he's just doing this work to find Valisac or whatever, you know. Find Val, Val, Val Resnick, sorry. Um, he's doing this work to find Val. So he beats up the drug dealer, finds Stegman, then finds. Not Val, but goes to the city. Goes to the city and meets up with Rosie. He could have just met up with Rosie and skipped all those steps. Well, I think he I think the thing is he went to his he went to see her to find out where Val was and the drug dealer showed up. So he went through the drug dealer first and then went to see Rosie when Stegman was a dry uh kind of like a dead end for him. I think that's why. But because Rosie's ended up being the person who told him where Val was. Yes. Told him where to find him. Yeah. But I guess he thought he could go that way first before he went to try and run her down. But again, the drug dealer kind of fell into his lap. He wasn't out looking for him. The drug dealer came to him. But, this is true. All right. Um, best action scene. I think when he shoots up the Chinese car. Well, the Chinese thug's car. With Lucy yeah. Liu in it. I yeah, think that's that, the best there's, action scene. There's, there's, a, it, there's a lot that just a lot packed up in a little bit of time. Yeah. Because like, even after that's over, you pretty much immediately see him getting hammered. Yeah. Yeah. If you will. And then from there, he immediately is doing the Ace Ventura thing out of the back seat. And... Yeah. Like, that's not an action scene. That's one bomb going off. Like, that's the yeah. only scene where there's like. Well, I'm saying it, but it, it just, they piggyback. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. probably about like only like. The last fifteen minutes of the movie, maybe. yeah, ten fifteen minutes of the movie. You're right that you're getting that those those three scenes happening in. So yeah. at the end of the movie, there you get a, a lot of the action. Yeah. So best comedy scene. There's some one-liners in this movie, but it's not really a comedy. There's not a comic relief scene in the movie. Now, this is, like I said, yeah, there's some silly parts in there. Like I pointed out where Lucy Lou. 
is like kind of some comic relief in there too when she yells, "Hey, fat man!" and he comes yeah. over and you know, knocks her knocks her out and right. then checks to see if he's fat. Like, not really a comedy scene, but it's funny. Yeah. All right. Um, best character. I'm just gonna go with Porter, just because he's just so damn likable as the bad guy, yeah. the good guy, he, bad guy. He, I have him on there, and then you know I threw my girl on there, Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> Pearl. Even though she's got a small part in it, so I didn't really right. want to say that she gets it. Look, I'm a big fan of side characters in movies more often than I am the main character. So I even I even thought Val did a really good job as being just a little weird. You know what? Guy. I had him down as the guy at next his worst character. I had him as worst character, and the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, he's not bad. He's good at what he's supposed to be. I I put down Rosie actually because you probably could make this movie and without her and she you wouldn't even really notice too much you need someone though to be his yeah i guess she doesn't do much i guess other than like i was thinking going like he, to her place. someone to bail him out but no one really bails him out he's kind of on his own the whole time like she never really helps him other than put a little ice pack on the back of his head when he gets hit by the car i, I know and he could have you know, he's at a doctor at the beginning of the movie, so yeah. I had, I had, I had the other one. I had a Stegman. Stegman's annoying, but he's supposed to be annoying. So yeah, he's supposed to be annoying, and his role's a little more intricate into the plot of the movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, best line. I had two. One is, "Tell me where John is, and I'll finish you quick. I promise you won't find out what your left ball tastes like." And the, uh, "Oh my God, what happened to you? I got hammered." I have the. Uh, I'll agree with you. I have what happened to you, and he, you know, I got hammered. I also put down my "Hey, fat man." Yeah. <laughs> hey, fa- hey, fat man. Comic relief part, and then I also put down that stupid line that Carter said: "Do not shit where you eat, yeah. or <laughs> live." Yeah. And then he freezes, like, like kind of like I don't know. He, he's confirming himself, like shaking yeah. his head. Yeah, down. I think I, I think do I not do do not shit where you live. That's the yeah. one. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just love it. Um. So, anything else, Ed? No, no. All right. Um, Internet facts. And we need to come up with a name for this. So, I had one early on. We took it away. So, if you guys can come up with a a name for random internet facts. Don't don't always believe what you read on the internet facts. That that could be true. Or, you know, it's true because it was on the internet. Also could be a good one. So, this movie, as we said, is based on a 1962 novel called The Hunter, written by Donald Westlake who would, wrote, went by the pseudonym of Richard Stark. Uh, the movie was the basis of four feature films, including Payback. There was uh, Point Blank in 1962, 1967, starring Lee Marvin. And people feel that Payback is a kind of a remake of Point Blank. Uh, a movie called Full Contact, made in 1992, starring Chun Yao Fat, which I'm assuming was a, a Chinese version of this. And then Chow the movie Chow, Chow Young Fat. Yeah. Um, I didn't recognize the movie. And then Parker with Jason Statham in 2013 is considered a um, an adaptation of this too, which I've oh. never seen Parker, and I, I like Statham a lot. Don't know if I've seen it or not. I'd have to probably just look at the, to see what the movie is. It's he and Jennifer Lopez. That's all I really know about it. But I don't think I've seen it. But it's again, it, it's it's. You could have set many movies. You also could say that it was the good guy, the bad guy that you rooted for the whole way through the movie. 
is you could say are potentially an adaptation of that. So Brian Hegland was the writer and director of this movie and he was fired from it because they had major differences on the ending of the movie. And I read up on the ending of the movie and it's a real long drawn out kind of darker ending Porter shoots, shoots a bunch of people. It take it would probably would have taken like fifteen minutes versus a five at the end. Um, the studio got cold feet about the ending and decided they wanted to kind of make it a little lighter. An interesting, th- uh, they changed the plot to make Chris Christopherson the main villain instead of there was a woman who was going to be the main villain. They had to do reshoots on the movie, which ended up being about thirty percent of the movie to change the plot for Chris Christopherson. But it delayed the production of a year, but it delayed the production of the movie by one year because Mel Gibson was actually shooting Lethal Weapon 4 at the same time. So that was uh, the, how they kind of weave that in. Uh, another fun fact about it Brian Hegland was fired three days after he won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for 1997's LA Confidential. So <laughs> you win some, you lose some, Brian. Uh, actually, in 2006, he went back and took all the archive footage and remade the movie. And you, they actually can get a director's cut of it if you choose to. It's longer and, like I said, a little, a lo- it's a lot darker. They actually want to shoot the movie in black and white as well, which I think it could have worked. It could have worked, but I think they made the right choice of doing it in just this kind of gray hue the whole time. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It was. I. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't clear. No, it wasn't clear. Picture. I think doing yeah. this kind of gray, like everybody's clothes are gray. There's really no color in the whole movie, and I you think they did it the right like way. 70s feel, like right. 70s it's what's it's supposed to be. Movie. It's it's supposed to be um, a ode to the 70s mobster movies. That's kind of what it was supposed to be. So, the body count in the movie is 18. 15 of them are killed by Porter. Uh, who was I going to say? Uh, I read somewhere that James Coburn didn't wasn't he had smoking cigars in the movie the, most of the time. Oh. He didn't like that. He didn't like his cigars, so he snuck in the Mel Gibson's pretty like snuck in the Mel Gibson. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, and, I did read that. And saw he wasn't there and helped himself to his cigars. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one I had is so Albert Brooks and Ted Danson both auditioned to play Val Resnick. Had either one got that part, that would move. This movie would have been terrible. Who was it again? Albert Brooks or Ted Danson were going to play Val, Ted and Danson. that would have been terrible. Like they would have tried to make it funny, and no, it would have been terrible. So they made the right choice with uh, yeah. Greg Henry, and then they never name a city, but it's kind of most of it's shot in Chicago, some of it's shot in L.A. So, do you have an underrated scene? Mm. I guess anything with Lucy Lou, the part <laughs> the part where she's whipping the guy, that's probably a pretty underrated scene. Probably also the most in- unintentionally funny scene in the movie too. You know, I I don't really know because you can't. What's a what's an underrated scene? What's an overrated scene in this type of movie? Um, an, an underrated scene would be something that was small but you really enjoyed. It wasn't really like a big plot part of the movie, but you found it to be cool or fun or more important than it seems. Underrated scene. Probably just those 
like I, the, the scene that I think that I you notice that you don't realize when he's handing the policeman the gun to hold on to him and then gets it back and is conscious enough to take the gun and put it in his uh, newspaper so he doesn't have his fingerprints on it. Yeah. Like stuff like that that you don't know is underrated because later on he's he was planning he had planned that out. Right, stealing the badge and taking and doing that yeah, with the gun was all, very all very stuff, smooth. Just these little parts, I think that they're underrated. You don't really, I rewatching it, I didn't really pick up on it that kind of stuff as much as I did yeah. this time around. Yeah. All right, next part. I know it's a movie, but and the only thing I really had, as I said, is when he comes in and punches the bodyguards that are protecting Carter. It just it looks really bad. I know it's a movie, but he he knocks them both out in one punch because he's holding a roll of quarters. Like he like, throws his body. It's just not. It's not that good. Well, but. and they're not even worried about him at all. And he goes up to them and says, "I'm the guy that killed Val." Right, you know? and then they let him. So in. they know that he's a guy that's capable of killing. They pat him right. out. Oh, he doesn't have a gun. We're good then. Yeah, we're good then. And he. I'm, I agree with you on that scene. Mainly because, as well, he hits the first guy. All right. Yes. Should trigger the other guy behind him to be ready for a fight. Right, and, and he he's not. He just throws a massive haymaker yeah. and hits him. And then he just walks up to the table and, and like puts down the roll of quarters. Like this was my magic trick. But like, you, so you don't normally punch hard. It's like what? Huh? Yeah. But all right. Don't they pay people? Or do you have any more? I know it's a movie. Um. No. Okay. Uh, don't they people to edit? Don't they pay people to edit this movie? I didn't see much. This movie was done pretty tight. They did a good job. There weren't a lot of things. There weren't a lot of glitches. There weren't a lot of things that I, I noticed yeah. went wrong. That I said that that was dumb or that was in, they they did that wrong. So I wasn't I wasn't trying too hard to look for that type of stuff. I, I had the unintentionally funny though is when he kicks the door and it knocks his wife wife over. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was supposed to be funny, but I... Well, it was. That's why he says um, sometimes it, if you don't kick the habit, the habit, it kicks you or something. If you don't kick them, they'll kick you. Yeah. I think it's the... I th- so I think it was supposed to be a... Him kicking the door was supposed to be... Uh, that, could, that could be my funny. underrated scene as well, too. All right. What would you change about the movie? Mm, I don't I, have much. I, I don't I, really have anything written down either. I'd like to see a little more Lucy Liu, but I think she's she's in the movie the right amount, though. If you put her shock value will go down if she's in the movie more. Right. Right. She's in there, you know, three three parts, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, the, the, I know it's a movie, but the only thing that I was wondering, so we see him get shot in the back at the very beginning of the movie. Uh-huh. Bleeding out. How do you get to the doctor? To get the bullets out. And they took... I guess there were two cars there. Maybe they left him for dead and he drove to well, a doctor like, or something. But could barely, He could barely move. He shot twice. could barely move. Gets kicked in the face before. And he's, there's tons of blood on the ground. Like He would have been... Massively hemorrhaging? Yeah. It's a good point. Maybe there's a car phone in there. <laughs> yeah, another car phone. But, um, all right. Should it be remade? I'm going to say no because it already has been. I, 
I say I wrote maybe, and then I wrote maybe, but we have a lot of movies that are already very similar. To yeah, there's a lot of movies that are similar. And but, it, to say it's a re- like, I wouldn't remake Payback, but you could just change some, make some plot changes, and you've got a different movie that mm-hmm. has. Again, we've seen this same plot numerous times where you're rooting for the bad guy, you're rooting for a, a flawed hero, if we will who's shooting up people and killing people, going after money, whatever it might be. All right, well, let, let's say this then, okay? If you were to remake it, pick a couple of the characters, and who would you pick to have play them? You know, what's funny is I thought about this when I was watching the movie before I looked up the fact that it had been made with the movie Parker, but Statham is the first one that came to mind. For Porter. For, for Porter. I put down – that's, that's a good choice. I didn't think about him, but I put down Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy actually is the perfect person to remake this movie. Because I, I and thought now, about now it and I'm I go, because he's, he's not known. <laughs> Jason Statham's like a very high flag. They would make this more into like a fighting yeah. movie. No, you know what? I'm all, I'm all in on a Tom Hardy remake of this Tom, movie. Tom Hardy. And then Stegman, I thought about, his name's Eddie Jemins, and I had to look him up because he just he popped in my head. He's the little weasel from The Punisher. Oh that, yeah, that he has hanging. He's in o- he's in all the oceans movies. Yeah, and he's stuff. in all the oceans. The awkward guy from all the oceans. Yeah. I could see him being a stagman. Um, <laughs> for Rose, I wrote any hot chick. Any hot chick. <laughs> any <laughs> decent play here. Any hot um, chick that fits the age. Yeah, you need someone in the. You could have you know like a Rachel McAdams or anything like that. Well, you need someone's a little edgy. Parker Posey. That's who I'm going with. You know who knows she is? She's in Blade uh, Blade Trinity. She's the vampire in Blade Trinity. That's who I'd go uh, with. I know who you're talking about. There's a yeah. she, she's in she's in the new uh, that new Netflix series Lost in Space. Oh, I I think you told me about that one before. Yeah, she plays a complete psycho in that. Yeah, that's why because she's kind of yeah. crazy. That's why I think she'd be a good pick for it. Who would you have as Val? I I thought about he's still blank. I was he's still blank. About, I was thinking about somebody who's weaselly at the same time and I'll just can I throw one out there for you Channing Tatum I'm not sure I'm not sure if I'm a Channing Tatum have you seen Logan Lucky yeah I've, I've seen Logan Lucky think of him and Logan Lucky but this like take out the redneck accent but I'm not sure I just I'm wrote down sure. I was looking up Andy Garcia could play like any of the mob bosses yeah Andy Garcia is always a good mob boss um, let's bring go. back the guy from Boondock Saints. He could be one of them. Oh, yes. Um, but do do I want Italian mob though at the same time too? You know. Yeah, but you it, could, and you could just shift it that way. That yeah, you could shift. You Tom could shift. Hardy is is uh he he's a you know a grunt for, or not Tom Hardy I guess um, whoever plays Val is a grunt for the Italian mob, and he has this guy help him. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be anybody specific from like the, the main Tom Hardy is doesn't have to be an Italian person when the mafia is Italian. Cause he was never a part of it in the first place. In fact, that might lead you towards who your, who your vow is going to be is a, uh, someone that, that is, could be an Italian mobster that's been booted and needs back in. I'm still trying to think of vow here. Yeah. I'm trying to think no, he, he maybe Lou diamond, like a- maybe Lou diamond Phillips. Well, I have to. When you're doing this, you have to think of somebody that's around the age of forty-ish, Porter. Forty, so if you're forty-five. Do Tom Carter. 
Tom Hardy, you need someone who's going to be around that late 30s age. Yeah, late 30s, early 40s. So I was thinking Lou Diamond Phillips, but I think he's a little bit older. Yeah, he's in his, like, 50s. But, like, you know... Uh, trying, you need someone that looks Italian, too. Because they ha- if they're going to be an Italian Mafia member, they have to look Italian. Some guy that looks... You know, I did a lot of, like, when I was researching it, looking through just the uh, the characters of the Ocean's movie. Yeah, because <laughs> there's so many of them. Many of them. And I was thinking about, um, like, what could Scott Kahn play in here? He could play maybe one of the Crooked Cops, you know, Scott, stuff like Scott Kahn would be good to, to to add in here somewhere. He'll be one of the two. I think that'd be perfect. He could be one of the two there, really. And you know what? You could bring back Lucy Liu because she looks exactly the same. Yeah. She has not aged a day in 20 years. All right. I'm in I'm in on Tom Hardy. Should we throw this one to Christopher Nolan, too, and make it real dark like we did with uh, Dragonheart? You, you could do that because you, you look at it that way, too. They redid. They actually used Tom Hardy to redo, um, whatchamacallit, Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. He's just going to follow. Um, they, he'll just slowly remake all of Mel Gibson's movies. Yeah, I just I don't want him to remake the Patriot. He would. I don't do not see him in the Patriot as Mel Gibson in that movie. No, um, I, I don't know if that would work. Although Tom Hardy can pull off pretty much any accent he wants. You want to talk about an underrated actor? Tom Hardy is extremely good. He's he does not get enough credit. Yeah, he hasn't been in what like. Anything? I, what He's, yeah, he was in Dunkirk. Inception. He was in Dunkirk. I he was in. I've seen Dunkirk yet. It's did you life. see The Revenant? I did not see The Revenant. Okay, so that's why he's he's in The Revenant and he's in Dunkirk and I, he's in the new. You're, you're talking gonna, about all these dramatic movies that I have to be in the mood to watch. <laughs> and uh, he's going to be in the new Venom. He's the new Venom. Yes, I do that. Oh, have I you do. seen Warrior? That's a yeah, little older. That's. Yeah, how about Lawless? Have you seen Lawless? Yeah, I've seen Lawless. Yeah, that one's on the list. That's a that's a that's an underrated movie. That movie kind of flew under there. He got knocked out by Shia LaBeouf in real life in the movie. Really? Yeah, they that'd got be a fun a fact. And Shia LaBeouf knocked him out. He said he, Shia LaBeouf was a very intimidating human being. Wow, because Tom Hardy's a pretty big dude. Well, he, actually, he's only my height, but he's jacked. He's actually not very tall, but he's jacked. All right. All right. So we've got the remake with Tom Hardy. We're going to throw the throw it over to Christopher Nolan again. But we need a suggestion from you guys listening at, at home or at work. We need someone to play Val. So we've got Italian mob, Italian mafia. Andy Garcia is one of the one of the mob bosses. You even you could easily throw, you know, De Niro in there too as a mob boss and stuff like I don't know. They're they're so far not gone, but De Niro like doesn't do those kind of movies much anymore. I don't know. But either way, you're right. Well, I don't really want to go De Niro and Pacino and really <laughs> but just go full Godfather, De Niro, Pacino and Andy Garcia. But Garcia for sure, but if you can think of uh if you guys think of who Val could be, send it over to us. Um at worth the watch PC on Twitter or worth the watch podcast at gmail.com. Email us some ideas. Also let us know what you think of the, of the podcast. We've gotten a little feedback. We're I'm very pleased with what we heard back so far. Some really good ideas. So um, if you can send us some, some good ones, 
we may read them on here or make some suggestions and, and give you a shout out for it. Anything else, Michael? Michael Fassbender. For Val? Ooh. He, I'm just saying he plays like everything. He's yeah. a very rounded person. And he's a really, really good bad guy. Okay. I like Michael Fassbender. Just, just, just a tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> Top of the head. All right. Then it's not Italian Mafia because Michael Fassbender is not going to be Italian Mafia. But I, kinda, I like that. Good call, Mike. All right. Well, thanks for joining. And uh, we'll catch you up next time. We have special guests coming in our next podcast. Good friend, a very good friend of ours. And because it's hockey season, we're going to do the movie Sudden Death. Boom. Boom. Thanks, guys. Thank you.